0: We're in the midst of Matthew 25. Last week, looking at the parable of the talents that were distributed. We looked at the time of their allocation. We looked at the time of accountability after a long time. That means a long time. I always think of an apprentice He just started on the job. And the boss told him to go and get a long wait from the storeroom. You've heard about him? <laughs> he went down there and sat and couldn't find the long wait. <laughs> and the long wait was that he learnt a lesson of the, uh, of the people around him were not always saying it in a literal sense. <laughs> but when the Lord said it, he said it in a literal sense. <laughs> it's a long time the longest of any period of time before he would come back to see if these people had done right with their talents and so there's a time of accountability and we looked at that the studious servants they were rewarded the reviewing of their stewardship the two and the five talented person had doubled that the rewarding their stewardship is seen in verse 23 of chapter 25 well done thou good and faithful servant those words, those words echo in your ears as the scriptural verses that, well done. Uh, this, is, this is the Lord speaking that we've just spoken about from Revelation. In all his glory, he's saying, well done. And who would not want to hear, well done, from the Lord himself, from the Saviour? He, he, he not only thought it all, he created it all, he created us, he gave us opportunities, he gave us health, and then he rewards us for doing what. He gave us strength to do. <laughs> and so he is a very good saviour toward us. And, uh, and then he says, well done. <clears throat> and then we come to the slothful servant. We just mentioned him. There's more said about him than about the other two put together. From verse 24 to 30, it speaks about this slothful servant. The one talented person. Now look. If you're one talented, two talented, five talented, ten talented, the reward—the reward is the same. It's just what you do with all the talents you've got, been given. It's the same reward. So hey, just be faithful. If you've got one, two, or ten, whatever. The, it's not like the guy with ten will get more reward. It's that the faithfulness of the steward with what we've been given will be rewarded. <clears throat> it's required of stewards that men be and that's generic men women be found faithful Hmm. now verse back in verse 14 of this parable for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods all three are called servants that's a slave (laughs) all are judged at the same time I think you might know where I'm heading with this (laughs) Because at the end of the the end verse thirty just doesn't seem to fit with this thought. But what judgment is it that they are facing? This is the servant's judgment. This is and we've said this is to do with the church, these, these talents that are given out and these the, the requirement of the use the use of them. And so this fellow, this one with one servant, was judged for service and not sonship. He was judged on performance and not on his person. And notice his excuse or excuses in verse 24 and 25. He that had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that, that thou knew thee that thou art a hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strode. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word and bless it to our hearts. Give us understanding. Give us a, a sense of of the responsibility that we who are your servants have upon us. Lord, yes, salvation is a free gift. Service is to be rendered. We are not our own. We are brought with a price. We are to glorify God in our bodies, which are not ours, but His, yours. Lord, we pray that would comprehend the full significance of that in our lifetime and earlier the better. Lord, minister, your word and bless it to us now in jesus name amen <clears throat> now <clears throat> what this chap said with the one talent in his excuse here was just adding insult to injury this is speaking to the judge this is speaking to the lord i knew that thou art on an austere man they wait a minute you've been become a christian you have eternal life and then you go to accuse the one that's given you this this way. That's what he's almost this servant is saying. You you're running the harvester over where you have not sown. It's like a, a crop that grows by itself. Now if I remember rightly, were they not to uh, leave the ground fallow? And, uh, yeah, leave the ground ground fallow in the seventh year and uh, swap the crops around and all that that they do and that the poor of the land were to come and reap the bits that grew by themselves from the, in the next year but here this this chap is saying and accusing the lord of this in verse 24 25 and i was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth and lo there thou has what is thine he knew also that the Lord did reap where he did sow. But he's making this accusation so, in the form of an excuse. So he could say, I didn't want to uh, go sow my talent and do my bit. But I'll just hide the thing. To bury it. To bury it. His exposure. So we see his excuse. This slothful servant's excuse. Now I don't think i got a least to type this again. It was in last week's... Um, <clears throat> outline so the excuse and then the exposure 26 to 30 and the Lord answered and said unto him thou wicked and slothful servant thou knewest that I reaped where I sow not and he made that admittance to the Lord and gathered where I have not strode now, <clears throat> so his denunciation is seen in these verses 26 to 29 he isn't guilty of murder drunkenness it seems that he's a saved soul, but a lost life. A lost opportunity. Not a lack of opportunity, but a loss of opportunity. And if that be so, there are a lot of Christians around that are doing just what this one has is, is doing, or did do in this parable. And instead of allowing their life to be used by the Lord, they use it for themselves. They spend it on what they want to do, you know, instead of in church on Sunday, they're out fishing or boating. Or well, We've got a big weir next up the road, haven't we? <laughs> that we could... Uh, I don't know that anyone does. I can say that without <laughs> feeling like you're pointing back at me. But uh, I don't know if anyone's got a boat in the church. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> a tinny. <laughs> but... <clears throat> we could be out doing what we want instead of in church where we should be. Wasting our talent. Wasting our time. Wasting what the Lord has, has given to us. <clears throat> he was, first of all, reproved. In verse 26 that we've read, he was scolded, we might say. Reproved. The Lord answered him. Then he was reprimanded in verse 27. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges. And then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury or interest. I said, This scolded, then he was slated by the Lord and said, This is wrong, you've got it wrong. He was reprimanded. And his talent was removed. In verse 28 and 29, Take therefore the talent from him and give it to him that hath ten talents. The one had five and went to ten. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance but from him that hath not shall it be taken away even that which he hath now what's all that about is it asking if you ask a busy man to do something you'll get it done (laughs) not necessarily what are we going to be doing in the kingdom reigning and ruling with Christ Is it speaking about that time where, okay, if that's what you want to waste your time doing as a Christian on earth, when it comes time to reward and the reward of uh, opportunities to serve in the future, taken away and given to someone else that was faithful in their life and given afterlife service in the kingdom, I believe that may what it's referring to here and it's it's it speaks a lot more about these talents that are abused and not used it puts a lot more pressure on the person that has received these gifts and so the we see the (coughs) the removal of the talent from him and given to others and then it could make sense in verse 30 some people say well this is application to jews only and you just you, you can dismiss the responsibility but i think i think we should take it upon ourselves that this is something that the lord would require of us as i in the prayer i mentioned there you know we're not our own we're brought by our, with a price we're to glorify god in our bodies um, <clears throat> because of this verse verse 30 we read and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth people say well It can't be referring to a believer. Um, This verse must refer to Israel, they say, and not to the church. The judgment and the judgment to that of the living Jews at the end of the tribulation and not the beamer seat, the judgment of Christians. How else could we understand this verse? Some say, well, outer darkness is... (laughs) Is a re- remote place in the kingdom like Australia. <laughs> no, they don't, didn't say Australia. But, you know, they go down under. <laughs> and um, I don't think that would, is what it's referring to. Not close to where the Lord is. Uh, when we're there, we will want to be near the Lord. When we see Him, we shall be like Him. And we'll want to be in His presence. I'm sure of that. We, might not, we don't, might not understand all that now, but I'm sure we want to be that. But be in a place away from the brightness of his glory. <laughs> a remote spot in the kingdom. Um, <clears throat> weeping and gnashing. <laughs> now that puts a bit more emphasis on it, doesn't it? Are there other scriptures that tell us of worthless servants, wasted lives, slothful individuals... We know that at the judgment seat of Christ, it's not about salvation, but it is about service. It's about rebukes and about rewards that will be comm- commensurate or equal to the service or slothfulness of the individual. If this one is a servant, <clears throat> he can't suffer hell's flames, but may be taken to that place and saying, See, look. Look at the people that could have been saved that are not saved. You are an unprofitable servant. Look at your neighbor there in hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. So there is those things that we could think of and you may disagree. But the destiny is given in verse 30 and it is a serious business. Whichever way you look at it, it's serious. This is not a place you want to be need to. And not a place you have to be led to. Not a place you have to be, it has to be pointed out to you. And let's move to verse 31. And when <laughs> we're stuck in the middle, I thought of just leaving the rest of that verse, those verses we looked at. But I think it's important enough to go through 24 to 30 because we need to be reminded of the seriousness of not using what God has, the opportunities God has given us. <clears throat> It's it's somewhat like a, an example I could use of an, a, a young man I knew many, many years ago that was given great opportunity. He, he was given things in that day that probably amounted to $120,000 worth of machinery. Within about five years he had none of it. Had to go work on on uh, as a labourer for other people. A bit like that man there. A wasted opportunity. Wasted his time and spent his his time and his all that he had in wasting it instead of using it to build on that foundation that he had been given. But we come to the prophecy of the tribulation servants here now in verses 31 to the end of the chapter. This is the story of the sorting of the sheep and the goats. I don't think any of our farmers have goats and sheep. That None of us, are, I think in the world there's more goats than sheep. We've got one of <laughs> Oh, I can't well we'd hardly call you a farmer <laughs> one goat and one sheep and the goat probably bosses the sheep around I don't know but, <laughs> but if you wanted to come today to, to herd them into the yards and sort them out <clears throat> you could see how it could be done where do you sort them out in that little what do you call it they're that one I like. drafting ramp ramp. race right drafting race where the gate swings this way that way goat cheap, goat (laughs) cheap. and all the goats get sorted or whatever lambs or you can sort them Um, here jesus referred to himself as a king as you read in verse 31 we're not going to go right through this. Don't worry. Otherwise, we'll be here for another at least three quarters of an hour. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory. When is this going to happen? It, just ask yourself some questions. When you go through a passage like this, there's, there's what they taught us in college, the seven interrogatives. Who? What? When? I'm not going to get them all. Why? How? where did i say and where where seven six wait a minute it's another one <laughs> when anyway you i probably said it <laughs> now we've got all mixed up we should have written them down but ask those sort of questions when you come to a portion of scripture what is this about who is it about where is it when the son of man shall come that pretty well narrows it down when he comes in his glory in his glory. That's not coming unseen to the world. That's coming in glory, that everybody sees him. Every eye shall see him. That's talking about Revelation 19 and and Matthew back a little bit, where in chapter 24 where he comes in his glory. Old Testament passages when he comes in his glory. And all his holy angels with him. There's a bit of who in that one. Then shall he sit on the upon the throne of his glory. and before him shall be gathered all the nations so so here's another who who will be gathered all the nations where therefore does this happen on earth it's not in heaven he's separating them living individuals and he separates them one from another as, sheep div- as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And so <clears throat> we see the story here, referring himself to himself as king. Someone said to me, there's no reference where the Lord Jesus is called king. Sorry, there's many references. Let's look at a very obvious one in the second last book of the Old Testament. Chapter 14 of Zechariah in verse 9 is a very plain reference and you can look at them in Ezekiel you see them in Revelation Zechariah, Jeremiah, Isaiah give me one in Isaiah very prominent 1 Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 there (laughs) unto us a child is born and the government shall be upon his shoulder king but here in Zechariah 14 verse 9 and the Lord shall be king over all the earth in that day shall there be one Lord and his name one the Lord shall be king over all the world and here he comes in Matthew chapter 25 and this is not a parable this is changed to be a matter of an event that takes place when he comes And we see the throne set. Now this is in your outline. The throne is set. Whoever's left after the decimation of the tribulation are all gathered together in a place called the Valley of Jehoshaphat. If we go back to our minor prophet this time to Joel, Hosea, the second one, Hosea, Joel, the second minor prophet in chapter three and read at verse two. Where he said there, Joel said, I will also gather all nations and bring them into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and get some of the people involved in this. He will gather all nations and he will plead with them concerning my people, Israel, and for my, well, my heritage, Israel, he said it, whom they have Scattered, this is Gentile nations that have scattered the Jewish nation among the nations and parted my land. Parted my, God said this, that's God's land that He gave to Israel. Let the nations of the world hear that. And they've scattered their people of the land among the nations. They've cast lots for my people. And that's literally what they did when they scattered the people of Israel among the land, Edom. And and the people at Gaza at the time sold the people of Israel as slaves all over the world. And when the the ten northern tribes went, they got scattered all over the place as well. And then later a few a hundred and something years later the people of Judah and Benjamin were sold and they had delight in selling them Edom delight in selling and casting lots for the people have given a boy for a harlot and sold a girl for wine that's how cheap they sold them off that they might drink but he's going to gather all nations this is what's spoken of in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31 when the son of man comes and sets up his throne he will gather them in the valley of Jehoshaphat. The valley of Jehoshaphat. <laughs> this one is uh, the va- where is the valley of Jehoshaphat? Well, there was a main valley called Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament, and you could get some hints from that. Some said, "Is it the valley that is opened up when the Lord stands on the Mount of Olives and it splits in two and opens it, uh, uh, an east-west valley that goes from Jerusalem down to the Dead Sea?" The valley of Jehovah. <laughs> but it 's going to be a literal valley on earth where all the rest the lefting, left over nations are gathered for this judgment for this judgment. you know see this is why I have a, a real problem with people that believe in a general ju- resurrection and a general judgment. This is not even a resurrection. this is a judgment this is a judgment where God sorts out living people and and uh, the whole judgment is based on How did you treat my brethren, my people, my Israel, (laughs) the apple of my eye? What did you do with them? And I meant to throw in a little thing I read just yesterday about the the WCC, the World Council of Churches, and how they've got people over there in Israel, in the West Bank, trying to find all the the illustrations or, or occasions where they think where they think that Israel has is done wrong by the Palestinians. Yeah. And, and Israel lets them in. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that Isra- Israel is so open to letting even people, their enemies, right in their midst to do this sort of thing and report back to the World Council of Churches and do divestments. That is, the, the, the World Council of Churches. What is, what is the church supposed to do? Reach out to unsaved people. Build up the saints. Not to be over there doing political activity. But that's what they're up to, and they've done some. They've supported terrorists and everything. Hey, you wonder why we're not a part of them? You wonder why we're an independent church? That's why uh, one good reason that we all should be. If ever, all the time in our life, part of a church that doesn't get involved in that sort of thing, because you're you're not buying guns for people. If you if you give to them, you could well be. And and it's they're ministering against Israel that lets them in. Just. It's like the enemy within. It's like the the leaven in the lump in in there. And I was just reading it yesterday. It makes you pretty upset that churches do this. But getting down back to judgments, and I thought, well, well, we'll conclude with just pointing them out. And as you read the Bible, you've got to see that it's different let's go to 1st Corinthians chapter 3 the judgments are different this is not in your notes there 1st Corinthians chapter 3 and you might find that and then look to 2nd Corinthians 5 and verse 10 over in Greece and I saw this on a a non-Christian documentary about the channel of Corinth uh, we did it in our church history uh, the year before last how they've dug a channel through like you know the Suez Canal saves ships weeks of travelling around the bottom and this, uh, this one makes it Uh, a channel there, it's about 30 kilometres long and the walls of it almost vertical, it's just cut through solid rock. Before they dug the channel in the early 1900s, they had a slip, I think they call them slip rails, where they actually dragged the ships over and back down in and and then they dragged someone else over and they kept on dragging ships back and forward to make it a, a quick journey. But now they've dug a channel through there at, at corinth <clears throat> the ju- in 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 that documentary they had they kept on bringing up the beamer, the beamer, the b-e-m-a B- and they had a little stone in a paddock there's a beamer, and this is what this one is in second corinthians 5 and verse 10 for you must all appear before the beamer seat of christ the judgment seat and it's a little Platform, a little stand. It means a step. And over there, they've got a lot of them. And it says it. It's engraved in the rock. This is the beamer. So when Paul spoke to the Corinthians, they knew exactly what a beamer was. It's not the condemnation, it's usually the reward in Athens and the Games and the Olympics that they had going for what? 1,000 years. They had it. And then it dropped out. I think the Romans stopped it and then it's come back in. And not long ago they had the, the, the games in Athens over there in the country. But the Bema Seat, this is what it's talking about here for the believer, for the Christian. And it reads, For all We all, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, whether it be using your talents or not using your talents. Good or bad? It's bad not to. And in 1 Corinthians 3, this is where it gets into a bit more detail. If any man build upon the foundation of gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for that day shall declare it, because it it shall be revealed by fire, and fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work shall abide which he hath built upon, he shall receive a reward." If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet as by fire. Who's it talking to here? Christians or non-Christians? Christians. Christians. He loses what he could have got as a reward, or he gets a reward, (laughs) receives a reward, and will be tried yet as by fire, and will suffer loss. You say, in heaven, suffering loss? Loss of reward. What he could have. Opportunities lost. Opportunity is not taken. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And then it goes on to talk about he goes on to talk about the temple of God, but there is a reward. That's for Christians. That's after resurrection. That is a giving an account to the Lord. it's at the bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. Let's go to revelation. And see the obvious difference in another judgment. Another time when people are drawn before the Lord. You see we have the one in Matthew 25. That we're going to finish off at another time. But there it's talking on earth. Living people. sheep and goats. Brethren and the Lord. In the valley of Jehoshaphat. On earth. The one we just spoke about in in corinthians the bema seat it's given a different name it's a different time different places in heaven after we've met the lord in the air then in revelation chapter 20 and verse 11 and i saw a great white throne different to the other ones and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. and I saw the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of the things, those things that were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. What? who's here? Who? Unsaved people. Unsaved people. Resurrected unsaved people. The sea gave up the dead. And they were judged every man according to their works. There's nothing about life here at all. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the great white throne judgment. I believe in heaven, where God has assigned the place, this judgment will take place when it's all said and done. So, hey, you can't have them all at the same place. You can't have a general resurrection and a general judgment. This is separate places, different individuals, different judgment, a lot based on the works and what we do. So they're back in Matthew 25, this judgment and sorting out of sheep and goats, living individuals, and when we get to where they head, the sheep head in a different place to where the goats do. And, then, and, and, and see why they were put there. It's interesting as well. as how they treat the brethren. Who are the brethren? Look at it this week. Sort it out before you get here next time. <laughs> who is it talking about? Where is it happening? Well, we've given that one away already. Why will they be rewarded? How will they be rewarded? Ask those questions of yourself. Write them down on a bit of paper and write next to them. You know, Do a bit of research yourself. Stud- study to show yourself approved unto God, workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. Dig a bit deeper than a surface reading and find out what this is about and who it's about and where they're going to be put after they're judged heavenly father thank you for the truth of your word <clears> the <throat> lord it's relevant for us in that we need to use our talents we need to bless the brethren we need to minister to the brethren we need to lord apply ourselves to wisdom we need to give our lives as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto god which is our reasonable service and stop wasting time and wasting talents wasting our tithe, wasting all these things that could be used for your glory. And when we get to heaven, we'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Or we'll hear hear the terrible words, you've lost your reward, given to somebody else for their diligence. Lord, we all got to face the judgment. Not the judgment of condemnation, but the judgment of service rendered for the lord jesus bless our thoughts as we go this week and may we think about these things and live by the truth of them we ask and pray in jesus name amen